following message is presented by Fellowship Bible Church from its weekly pulpit ministry. We offer an expositional study through entire books of the Bible, one verse, paragraph, or chapter at a time. We pray that you'll be blessed by listening in. Thanks for visiting. Good morning. And good morning to everyone out in telephone land. I've never, uh, I've never been involved in something like that where people are listening over the telephone. That's an interesting way of doing it. And uh, we appreciate so much the opportunity to be here. You are a faithful church. Uh, we really appreciate your pastor and his wife and, uh, their, and their family, their boys. We so appreciate you. You are a faithful church. You are sacrificial in your support of us. And we really, really appreciate it. Uh, you know that we've not been traveling. Uh, uh, what we do, of course, is go to third world countries and train pastors. We basically provide Bible college training uh, short term uh, to, um, to men on, in third world countries who cannot go to a Bible college. They're just not, their lives won't allow them to do that. So we are what I've called us Bible college out of a suitcase. We go to them, and we, we, we're there for a week or two at given spots and training men. As you uh, know, if you've read our um, information at all, our, our pep talk, we haven't been traveling for over a year now, going on a year and a half. And by the way, if you aren't getting our pep talk, our every other month uh, mailing, there's a sign-up sheet on the back table. Please, please uh, just all I need is your name and your email address legibly written which I can't assume. Half the time it's like doctor's scribble, <laughs> gmail.com. I can read the gmail. I get that. It's the rest of it I won't be able to get. So um, really just sign up for our stuff. And not only do we send out a bi-monthly pep talks, just to keeping you abreast as to what's going on, but whenever I'm on a foreign field overseas, wherever I am, uh, if I have Internet, I, will send, I send out updates from the field so that you can be praying for the situation. Often we're teaching men, and some issue comes up, some heresy within the group or some weird situation or teaching, and then I'm updating everyone, all of our contacts, and saying, here's what's going on, here's how we're addressing it. Please pray that uh, these men will be teachable and that we'll be able to communicate biblical truth you know, accurately, faithfully, well, passionately, and that the Spirit will, of God will use it. Uh, so not only do we, need, do we want you to, to know what's going on, but we need you to be involved in the ministry. That's the point of those updates when we're overseas. We need prayer. We need you to be involved. And I can't tell you how often we've come across a, a different or weird or borderline um, unorthodox teaching or practice in the churches, in an association of churches, and you know how much of that's going on here, where we all have Bibles and uh, you know a lot of a lot of resources. When you're overseas, some of the places we're going, they have so little, so few resources, and often the false teaching really uh, takes hold. So we need you to be involved. So let me encourage you, if you're not getting our stuff, to sign up. But again, we're so grateful for you. Uh, we've not been traveling, so what have I been doing? Well. Um, I've, I've done some writing, so written some more PEP material. I finished a course on hermeneutics uh, a number of months ago. Then if you recall, if you keep up with us, uh, I uh, was involved with Bibles International for about three, four months. Uh, BI was starting a new ministry, a new, a new department, Scripture Engagement Department. 
Uh, and there's a lot to talk about in regard to that. I won't go into all that. But, but they, they know me a little bit. I know Tim Fink, the director. They asked me to get involved just to help them organize that and to write uh, position descriptions, manager, coordinators, consultants, all the, the positions needed for this new department. And so I was involved for a number of months doing that. Now we're preparing for the school of church planting. Another ministry that I have is I'm the coordinator of the BMM school of church planting. I see you've got a brochure uh, pinned up on your bulletin board. There's a bunch more on the table. If you're interested in church planting or you want to just strengthen, uh, uh, you know, your thinking regarding that for for this ministry, for more church planting. I know you've already planted, I think, one church, right? Uh, anyway, consider coming. It's four days of intense training, eight in the morning till eight at night, and uh, we give people their money's worth. So uh, I encourage you to consider that and to be praying for that. So I'm the coordinator of that, and right now a lot of my energy is. Um, focused on prepping for that, making sure all the materials ready, my own stuff, other guys teaching, and so forth. What I want to do this morning is look at some Myanmar trips, some pictures from, from some Myanmar trips. Myanmar is in the news. Myanmar is, the believers, the people of Myanmar are suffering. Police, policemen, military, they'll just walk down the road and just start shooting. I mean, certainly protesters, yes. But more than that, I mean, and that's bad enough. Protesters who have no guns, they're just protesting what's going on. That's bad enough. But I get emails every two, three days from one of, one of my, our contacts there. He's one of the leaders in all of Myanmar over the Baptist churches and the, and the Bible-preaching churches and I get an email from him every couple days, and I hear what's going on. Uh, if you are taken by the, by the military or by the police, if you're taken into their office, you don't come out alive. Uh, just recently, four pastors were, were taken. And I haven't heard, but I'm assuming they're not going to come out alive. They're usually informed, the wife's usually informed the next day, come pick up your husband's body. That's how it works. Literally, policemen walking around, Seeing a seven-year-old girl, boom, and walking away. This is what's going on in Myanmar. And certainly believers are suffering, but everyone is suffering. The great news is the believers are having an impact on the unsaved because the unsaved have no answers, and they're extremely frightened, terrified as to the situation. And so it gives the believers an opportunity to talk to them about Jesus Christ. In Myanmar, you're basically either Baptist or Buddhist. And it's almost like, um, well, it's two groups. Uh, Ed and I'm Judson uh, went there roughly 100 years ago, and that was the founding of the, the Baptist Bible-preaching movement, gospel-preaching movement in Myanmar. Unfortunately, the group that he was with uh, went liberal as part of the Northern Baptist Convention, which was fairly liberal, starting to be liberal when he was uh, in ministry, and then it went totally liberal. The group that he started, the Myanmar Baptist Convention, went liberal as well after he died. So you have groups of men and pastors and churches who've pulled away from the liberal Baptist movement, and they're orthodox, conservative, Bible teaching, Bible preaching. Now, bottom line, though, if you're in 
Myanmar, you're typically either Buddhist or Baptist, but most of the Baptists are not saved either. They're liberal. So there's a lot of work for the believers to do and a lot of training that uh, we need to provide for them. So let me just talk to you about Myanmar. Some of these pictures you may have seen in a previous Sunday, a year, five years ago, three years ago, but we'll see. So we can turn on the lights if we'd like. Um, so, so the pet ministry, enriching the mind, encouraging the spirit, enhancing the ministry of men, reaching future generations by training God's shepherds. What we're doing is not evangelism. Uh, we are teaching leaders, teaching pastors, teaching church planters. Now, I've mentioned this to you before, I think. Uh, some have said to me, Scott, you're, you're a nice guy and all. We love you. Actually, we like you. We love your wife. You know, that's usually how that works. Um, uh, but you're not really a missionary because you're not preaching the gospel. You're not planting churches. Well, that has been kind of the definition of missions for a long time. That's a wrong definition of missions. This is Paul on his second and third missionary journeys. He went back to churches that had already planted, and he's, and he's, he's training. He's confirming, strengthening the churches, uh, strengthening all the disciples. And the bottom line is that... Um, Missions ministry is not just the giving of the gospel. It also involves discipling, training. Well, bottom line, our ministry is that second and third missionary journey, the second and third missionary journeys. That's what we do. We go back and provide more training. Okay? People ask where we go. Anywhere that's hot, humid, bugs, big bugs, you eat the bugs, those are the places we go. So some of them aren't that bad, but some of them are. Uh, anyway, challenging. And third world is where we go. My wife and I are hoping they'll send us some time to Austria, you know, because we'd love to be in Austria. Uh, Ireland, we'd love to be. But they don't send us to those places. Our goal is to equip pastors to preach and teach the word more skillfully, to shepherd God's people more biblically, to reach their own culture more effectively, and then to equip their people to reach others. So it's the training of men to equip them and then that they would equip their people. That's really our our goal. And that's us. We, we look a little younger back then. We need to take a new picture. Anyway, okay, teaching trips to Myanmar in November of 15, October of 19. And really the reason I'm showing you this is because I hope that Myanmar is, is capturing your heart, the needs of that country, the needs of the believers in that country. So I really wanted to put some faces to you know, what we know is happening there. So, so is there a, an arrow? Does it work? Okay. You fly into Yangon. You see Yangon? Right there, that's the capital. All right? Um, and we teach there. There's a Bible college there. You'll see the Bible college. We teach there at the Bible college. Pastors come from hither and yon, usually 60 or so, and Bible college students. Then up here is Chin State, Hakka, and you'll see pictures of Hakka in the middle of the mountains, beautiful area. And up this area is Kalimyo, or Kale, goes back a couple names, and you'll see pictures of that area here. So three different locations, Yangon, Chin State, and then uh, Kalimyo, Kale. I was scheduled to be up here, in Kachin State, near the China border, I am scheduled to be there, was scheduled to be there. That got called off. There are pastors there waiting to be trained. We haven't been there yet. The PEP team has not been there. I'm looking forward to going there. Hopefully the Lord will certainly open these doors again. There are men 
who need training, and we go to them to do it. So first of all, the city of Calais or Calimio, just, just get people's faces in, in your minds. This is just normal, common life. You may have seen these pictures or some of them before. Buddhist monk, priest. Here we are at market. This is actually a refugee camp. Now this is, if you've seen this set of pictures, I've already said these kinds of things, but this is how many of the houses are built on stilts. During the hottest time of the year, the family leaves the house and they sleep on the ground because it's cool, there's a breeze. They have animals, chickens, whatever they have. It's a one big happy family underneath that house. Um, so this is a very, this is life in Calimio, in Calais. No matter who you are, no matter where you live, no matter how much money you make, you are wealthy. We're all wealthy compared to these kinds, this kind of lifestyle. Doesn't that just remind you of a, you know, a Gilligan's Island kind of a thing, a thatched roof? And that, that is how they live. This couple, this house is right near the church where I taught. And I had a, an hour or so break from teaching. Someone else was teaching their material. So I just took my camera walking around the church. So I'm within, I don't know, 100 yards of the church or so. I come across this, this old man with hardly any teeth on the street. And we're talking. Of course, we don't talk because we, we neither of us speak the same language. So we're nodding and smiling as best we can. He invites me into his yard to meet his wife. And she's cooking. So note, she's cooking. She's making lunch. So ladies, when you're tempted to complain about your kitchen, <laughs> so remember this. Okay? So she's, and, and I'm not sure. They may have even invited me for lunch. I, it's so hard to know because you don't know what they're saying and so forth. But I couldn't anyway. I had, I had to get going. But she's cooking, she's cooking lunch, and um, there she is. Okay, so that was Calais, a little bit up in the north. This is Yangon, the, 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 the largest city. Again, very, very third world. This isn't like what we're used to. This is not like Ann Arbor. This is the local discount tire. Now, when, when you need to get your tire changed, you get discount tire, Walmart, Sam's Club. You've got a thousand places you can go. And how long does it take? You sit down in the room and drink a little bottle of water that they provide, read a magazine, and you're out of there in a little while, right? This, literally, the tires on their cars are pretty much bald all the time. And so as you're on, this is actually a main road. This, this was off a main road, right at the side of a main road. I mean, like a three or four lane deal. And we're driving, I'm seeing these every, every I don't know, quarter of a mile, half a mile. I see one of these little doohickeys here. And then you'll see some guy, his, his tire blows, he pulls over off, off the road, whoop, 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 three stooges come out, slap on a new tire. It's probably just as bald as the one they're taking off, but at least it's holding air. Slap it on, and they keep going. And this is how they, there's no appointments. You just 
pull off when your car's got a flat tire and you get a new one put on. It's just really interesting. This is the hospital. I had a problem with one of my feet. I had, to, I had a, problem, a serious problem I had to get in for. I had an infection in this leg, and a long story. So I ended up going to the hospital. This is the Wesley Hospital. This is the entrance. I think you've, you're familiar with hospitals, like here in Ann Arbor. There's, there's a couple, and they're all wonderful and huge and beautiful and ornate and you know, granite. And This is their hospital. That's the room I was in. That's a hospital room. That's an exam room. I got in there, I thought, I feel like I'm in a MASH unit. You're looking around. But thankfully, I did have a serious problem with my foot and leg. Uh, and thankfully, there was a doctor there who had been trained in Germany, so Western European training. And he, they were very kind to me. He did a great job. He helped me. And so I'm not at all complaining. I just want you to see the difference in how we live and how they live. And this is, okay, this is a standard squat toilet in the hospital. This is, all, this is what the toilets are like. And this is, by the way, this is first class. The other classes are, are less nice. <laughs> but you get a basic, there's a, you see a, a faucet right there, and you see a bucket of water maybe, and uh, there's no toilet paper, you bring your own. I've said this a hundred times, you've heard me say this. If you travel these places, you have a, uh, a little thing of hand sanitizer in one pocket and a roll of toilet paper in the other. You do, you do. You're going to wish you had otherwise. Okay, second largest Buddhist temple in the world is located in Yangon. This is gorgeous. When you think of a temple, you think of one building. Well, this is like, this is like walking around uh, uh, Great America or Cedar Point or whatever. You walk around for, I walked around for, I think it was over two hours. Never seen the same thing twice. It's not one temple, it's temples. And little places for prayer and worship. And You take your shoes off, and you, you walk around without shoes on, without socks on. This, this, this gold paint is gold paint. It's got gold in it. And at the very top, there's this huge diamond. I didn't have a zoom lens to be able to catch it. There's a huge diamond on top. So there's money there. It's just not in the pockets of the people. So just notice, you got beautiful marble um, you know, floor, uh, walkways. It's, it's, the whole place is, is that way. Pagodas, those are called pagodas. Some are large and some are small. Here's a guy doing a, a, a ceremonial washing. Some other folks doing the same thing. I'm, I'm always amazed when I see this, this monk here with a telephone. I'm not involved in poverty, but we, we got Verizon. Well, not Verizon, but something. See those, see this, look at the floor, the ground, or the, the sidewalk, as it were. It's not concrete. It's beautiful, smooth, you know, ceramic or, or probably probably granite or, or marble. Here's a guy who's been there all day, and he's sleeping. That's just part of that's just his day. Okay, the city of Hakka. So this is this mountainous city. You ha I know you haven't seen pictures of this. We flew into Yangon, then we drove to uh, 
near Calais, no, no, we flew to Calais, that area, there's an airport in that area, then we drove six hours up into the mountains. Gorgeous. All I had was my phone. I decided not to take my camera, and that was a mistake. But gorgeous. So next time I go, if the Lord allows me, I'll be taking my camera. Just a gorgeous drive, a long drive, bumpy roads, bumpy roads, thin, bumpy. You know the roads you see on the movies where you're on the edge and down there is the side of the mountain. That's, that's this. You know, you're just on the, <laughs> on the edge of death pretty much the whole drive. You pray a lot when you're on these roads. Now notice the tower. They've got wires. I mean, they've got technology in this mountain town, as you'll see. Internet, even. Really, really gorgeous. So this Hakka is literally a city in the mountains, on, on mountains. It is, um, I mean, there's no level ground. You're, you're building on something. Some hill, some mountain, some side of a, a mountain. So the city is the level of the clouds. You're, you're, you're up there. I love that color. It's like, you can't miss my house. Where do I drive? The bright blue house on the side of the mountain. Oh, that one. Okay. See the cloud cover. So this is walking around the town of Hakka, just the shops. There aren't, you know, huge Walmart, Meijer-type stores. It's just, of course, these little shops. Each one specializes in typically one thing, men's clothing, women's clothing. Sometimes a, a larger store will have, like, housewares. Just note the faces. These people right here are suffering right now. These people are cowering in their homes, hoping the military doesn't pull up in front of their home. I don't know how much smiling is going on right now. In fact, I know that uh, the authorities were just in Hakka. I'm not sure they're still there, but there were soldiers up, went up to the mountains. I just learned this uh, it was about a week and a half ago. They were in Hakka. That's the, the housewares store. Okay. Now, teaching pastors, Bible college students, professors, students in all, in all three locations. So this is uh, Kale Kalimio. A group of men, maybe 30, 40. Each day maybe a little different depending on schedules that the men have. If you notice, I'm, uh, I'm just in a shirt, often in a short sleeve shirt. These guys, are some of them are really bundled up. It's really interesting. I could be sweating and they'll be in like a parka. My translator, of course. Always speaking through a translator. You can't go to Bible college barefooted. They don't let you do that in class anymore at least. So, But here you can this is uh, during a break time. There's a 10-minute, 15-minute, no, I think, break time for tea. It's just brown water. when they throw tons of sugar in there. And you, whenever you're teaching in these situations and you, and you call a break, 
or lunch, there are guys coming to you asking questions, which is great. You're teaching just about the whole time you're there. They've got questions. And uh, so it's great. His lunch, rice and chicken, and that red stuff is uh, some sort of a real uh, spicy, I don't know, real something very spicy. I'm not eating. This guy next to me speaks pretty good English. His friend across the table doesn't, so he's translating for us. And then we're just spending the whole time talking and, and they're asking questions, which is really fun. It's really wonderful. Uh, it's not a situation where the guys aren't there to learn. They want to learn everything they can learn. This is really great. This guy, whoever he was, I just took a picture randomly. This is his notebook. So we hand out notes the first day of class. I'm teaching systematic theology one or systematic two or, or expository preaching or hermeneutics or whatever it is. And I hand out my notes first day of class in their language. All filled in. No blanks. All filled in. They have everything I'm going to say. Well, here's the guy, to, and often the guys will have extra, you know, another notebook for taking extra notes. If you look closely, this is English. Pastor Scott. Uh, there's quite a bit of English in here. I was preaching from James, and I can't see it very well here from this, but when I look real closely on the screen of my, my computer, you can see he's taking notes during my sermons as well. So this, he was probably there on the Sunday that I preached, so they're taking notes during the week, and whenever they hear you teach or preach, they're taking notes. This again is Kale, question and answer time. This is now Hakka. Now here's the weird thing about Hakka. There's a small Bible college in Hakka, in the mountains, okay, the mountainous city. And there were students in the mix. There were pastors and church planters who had gathered from hither and yon. There are professors from the Bible College. You know where the professors are sitting? Guess. Right there. I spit on those guys for a whole week. <laughs> they just got it all. Um, because they want to learn. Uh, some of these guys have MDivs. One guy I was talking to at lunch with one day, he is an MDiv. But he said, You're in, he said, Scott, your MDiv is different than my MDiv. He describes some of what he got. It was good. It's just not the same level. It's just not. And he's telling me this. So they're there not only because they want their students to, they want their students there to learn, but they're there on the front row taking notes because they want to, to know more. They want to be better teachers. They want to be sharper uh, and, and maybe think things they haven't thought through before, be challenged in, in ways that uh, they haven't thought about before. So these two guys right here, are both Bible, all these three are both Bible college profs, are all three Bible college profs. Those are two Bible college profs. Seem a little bit older. So this is actually Wednesday night, the Wednesday night service. And the pastor, of course, invited the church people to be there. And he wanted me to just keep teaching. So wherever I stopped Wednesday morning or Wednesday afternoon, pick up Wednesday night. So wherever my people get, my people get. They'll be thrilled to get it and allow us to get more teaching in. So just, just keep going. So that that's what we did. And there's probably twice as many people there. So this is the final group. 
Uh, the whole group, this is, here's me. This is Pastor Dwight Schultz, who pastors in Sterling Heights. He was a team teacher uh, on that trip. I will ask your pastor to do that if I haven't already. Have I asked you to do that already? I haven't. I think I've sent an email out to every guy I know saying, hey, but okay, this is your, this is, I'm asking you now. The problem is, I, I, probably the reason I didn't ask him is you know how busy he is already with two other mission agencies and shepherding, faithfully shepherding here. So I probably took pity on him is what I did. But anyway, you are invited. So I'll call you uh, and, and I'll, I'll strong arm you. Um, so this is the, the entire group um, in, uh, in Hakka, the, the mountain city. So this now is Yangon, the, 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 the second largest. It's either the second largest or the largest city. It was Rangoon back when Myanmar was Burma. Okay, It's been changed now. Burma is now Myanmar, and Rangoon is now Yangon. This is the, the chapel that they meet in. Uh, at the Bible College, and this is where we're meeting. So you see uh, students on one side and um, typically the pastors and church planters on the other side. Typically 20 to 25 students, and we, we actually, it is a class for them, so we quiz them at the end of each day. They get a quiz over what was taught the previous day. Is my, 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 my translator writing in uh, Burmese. I had some extra notes I really wanted the guys to see, and so he took the time before class to, to put that on the, on the marker board. See, so again, they've, they've all got notes. They've got everything we're going to say. Uh, these men are all, if they're faithful to the Lord, and I hope that they are, their lives are all in danger. Not just generally, we always could have said that, but now their lives are really in danger. If they're going to be faithful, all these men and the students, if they're faithful. Okay, this Bible College. I just got an email from the, the founder, Dr. Timothy Mung. He's our lead connection there. And he, uh, the school has existed for 25 years. They've, they've graduated 750 students. And 98% of them are in ministry. 750 graduates in 25 years, and 98% are in ministry. Now that is unheard of. American college, Bible colleges and seminaries, and this is, we, don't, we don't have anything near that track record. This is a solid ministry, and uh, we're just a part of it in a small way. So here's another kind of after-class uh, question. This guy speaks very good English. He's actually a graduate of the school, of the college, uh, and he's in ministry now. He speaks pretty good English. They teach English in the colleges in most of the colleges. So along with learning Bible theology, a lot of your classes are going to be in English, so you're forced to learn English because they know if you want to read material, what language is all the material in? All the commentaries and reference works, and all, it's all in English. So they want to prep their, their people that way. So he's asking me questions after class. Guy taking extra notes? A lot of extra notes. 
so this is uh, one of the groups. Larry Fogel right there, the director of PEP, and I'm there. And um, student, female students here, and then male students, and then all the pastors. It's another group. That's one of my grandkids. Isn't he adorable? I just want to make sure you're all awake. We've got three now. We're really getting busy. Uh, that's Barrett. He's just really cute. All right, so we thank you for your prayers, your financial support, your involvement. Please continue. Uh, a lot of what we're doing is on hold. I've had trips already scheduled for this year, all canceled. I Hopefully, we have, we've got a trip that's in pencil going to India in August. I've got another trip to India, because India is one of the ones that is kind of open for what we're doing, uh, planned for December. That's, everything's in pencil and very lightly written in, in pencil, so it erases easily. So we're hoping. So the things that are coming up for us, June 7th through the 10th, the School of Church Planting in Sterling Heights, Michigan. So if you're free, come for four days. The information's uh, there. You've got it. Uh, so the School of Church Planting is coming up, and then hopefully August, India, hopefully August, um, India, or uh, December, India again. I had trips to um, to Malta and Turkey canceled. I, I had um, trips to Myanmar obviously canceled, and you know, just be praying that God will care for the people of Myanmar. Uh, portions of Africa, Chad, Africa. I just heard yesterday. Normally, it's been level three as far as danger. You can go, but be careful. Now it's level four as of about three days ago. There are uh, there's uh, Rebels in the north coming down to the south, which is where we usually teach, and heading for the capital city. And so now it's don't go to Chad. Well, that's one of the places we've gone to most. So just most places right now around the globe are either because of COVID or because of social unrest, just really questionable. And understand, too, with COVID, the places we go, the people we minister to whom we minister are the last people on the planet who are going to see a vaccine. These are very poor people in third world countries. They're going to be the last people who are vaccinated. So we just, everything's up in the air for us. So just be praying for us. Uh, pray for the school church planting and so forth. I've got a couple videos here. Are you able to do video, Dwayne? Do you know? This is me teaching, and you can hear me, tr hear the translation. So I'm not sure if you can... Click that and get that to work. Conceptions. Deity took on humanity. One person, two natures. So in eternity past, and in the Old Testament, one person, one nature. So that the virgin conception of Jesus, one person, one nature, takes on, he takes on a second nature, but human nature. Okay, so you get a feel for that. 
Um, conception. Let's see. Now, if you can play this, this is them singing. Before class one day, they were singing, and I said, okay, wait, 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 I want to take a, because it's gorgeous. The first part of it, there's a little keyboard, and the guy's playing. You'll hear me in the middle of it saying, okay, drop out accompaniment. I just want to hear the voices. And you'll see some of the students actually have microphones uh, because they're kind of leading, the better voices are leading. There's pastors in this other side, and they're leading the whole group. So, but this is, this is their singing. You know, when, when people in third world countries, when, because of the heat, when, when they're doing this, it's hot. Because <laughs> they're, you know, kind of used to it. Okay, any questions? Any, any we've got, we got a few minutes here. Yes, Pastor. Oh, I'm trying to get past all this. Yes, sir. Scott, a question about the pastors there in danger. What is it about their position or the politics of the situation that are making them particularly in danger. They would seem to be nice, peaceful people that the government wouldn't have to worry about, you know? Right. What's going on there, do you know? Well, I think primarily, from what I understand, just the fact that they lead people. I'm a, I'm a pastor. I'm a leader over 50 people, 100 people. And the more you can crush leadership of anything, anyone who's a leader, the more you take them off the scene, the more the people scatter and are easy sheep to gather wherever you want them to go. So I think it's mostly that. I'm not, I mean, I'm not sure there's any religious, necessarily in this case, religious drive behind it. It's simply a, we have power, we're going to garner as much as we can, we're going to take, you know, that kind of a thing. And whenever there's someone who is a leader and, and who's going to lead, uh, let's take them out. I think I, my understanding is that that's kind of the situation. Okay, thank but again, you. it's so random, it's so capricious. You know, a seven-year-old on the street, uh, there, there's not a lot of rhyme and reason. It's simply a, I've got power, I've got a gun, and that's how it is. Yeah, just intimidate people yes. to uh, be submissive. Yeah, I mean, when you're doing that, when you're shooting children on the street, everyone is in their home fearful because there's no rhyme and reason. It's not like, well, they're just after leaders. Honey, we're okay. We're just normal people, whatever. You, there's no confidence in that. They're, they're killing indiscriminately hmm. just because they can. Yeah. All right. Any other questions? 
it is kind of cold up there. If you notice, I, the one picture, I had a long sleeve kind of a, I took kind of, I actually took long underwear uh, up to Hakka. Uh, I bought, we don't have, I don't, Vicky, I'm going to go buy some long underwear. What? What's wrong with you? Hakka. Uh, 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 because the, the hotel I stayed in, there's, there's not, no such thing as a hotel. It's, uh, it's a place, and they have rooms. There's no heat. There's no anything. I mean, there's a shower, cold shower, ice cold shower. If it's warm outside, maybe the, the tub on the top of the roof will get warm, and it's warm, and you're hopeful. Uh, you often take showers like five at night, six at night, because the whole day the sun's been beating on this, this uh, huge uh, black plastic container on the roof, um, and maybe it's kind of warm. But in the morning, you know, you're just dancing between, between icicles in the shower, uh, and then there's no heat. So you, it can be cold, depending on when you're there. If so. it makes you feel better, Scott, I've taken cold showers in my house for therapeutic reasons. But anyway, how have you and your that wife been able to... That might speak to your sanity. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, okay, go ahead. Dwayne. How have you and your wife been able to avoid danger in the countries that, that you visited? <sighs> Most of the places we go, there is a little potential for danger. Some places, it's more heightened than others. But the bottom line is, like if I was doing street preaching, and I was out there, and everyone knew I was there, and uh, the Buddhist monks knew I was there and didn't like it, or the military, or the local police, or whomever. If I was doing street preaching very public, and these places were India, or Myanmar, or Africa, that'd be one thing. We're not doing that. You know, we're staying in someone's house, or in a hotel. In places like Myanmar, you have to stay in a government-sanctioned place. You can't stay in anyone's home. They want tabs on you. So in like Myanmar, if we're there, we're never in someone's home. Uh, we're in a, some sort of a government-sanctioned hotel or guest, call it, they call it a guest house sometimes. But the bottom line is, you know, we get up in the morning and we walk or we drive to a church and we're in a room with friends all day long. I'm not sure the people in the community really know we're there. So we're not really in a situation normally where there's... Now, if there's social unrest, like right now, Chad, if we were to go to Chad, the warnings are, you know, kidnap, you kidnap an American, yeah, he's worth something. So those are the times when we obviously just don't go. Like I had a trip to Honduras, was it? No, it was um, Bangladesh. I had a trip to Bangladesh scheduled uh, four years ago, and uh, a couple months before... We got a contact from our. We got contacted from our contact there. Don't come. Cancel all plans, because there's just too much going on, um, and it's just too dangerous. And Americans would be in more danger than, than normal. So, but most of the time, we're we're just we're below the radar. I think. Yeah. Good question. And of course, we know if we're in the will of God, we're. He's in, he's in control of our lives. So, but we're still practical about it. You know, we're not we're not looking to go into the lion's den. If God puts us there, then He does. But we're not driving in there with reckless abandon either. So, okay. Well, we'll be here, and we want to fellowship with you. So please approach us. Let me pray, and we'll we'll close. Thank you, Father, for this time. We can talk about the ministry of Pep uh, and its impact on on pastors and leaders in these kinds of settings. We thank you for this good church and for their faithful, uh, sacrificial support of us 
Please bless this ministry. Please bless uh, Pastor Postov, Naomi, their family, and um, give wisdom at this time in our, our own country's history when there's struggle going on. We pray for believers around the world, Lord, that you would give them safety and that you would end the darkness that's come over some of these countries and that you'd bring, the light, bring light, bring freedom, and that regardless, the light of the gospel would shine brightly. We thank you for Christ. Now we ask these things in his name. Amen.